Hello, welcome to the first ever episode of the Atlantic Robot Show. My name's Ian Koloski. My name's Simon Young. Welcome. Basically, while we're here is we just want to start a little discussion about some of the stuff we end up talking about down here all the time. Anyway, mostly music business related. Even it's going to be some stuff about actual music, a little bit about production. And this is an, an opinion show, our opinions, obviously. So we're looking forward to hearing back from some people and see what people, if you agree, if you disagree, what you have to say about some of the things we talk about. We wanted to get started by talking about some general stuff, what's going on these days, about the music business, how things are flowing. What's your opinion, Ian, of the music business today? Well, you know, I'm a musician. I've been lucky enough to be a professional musician for a few years now, a lot of years now. And obviously, when you work in a job, all your friends, all my friends are musicians and professional musicians. And it's just funny to hear things and the way people talk about stuff, that things have obviously changed over the past couple of years, as we all know. And it's funny to me to hear what types of people complain about these things, keeping in mind all of them being more or less professional musicians. And, you know, to people complaining about things like streaming and the internet and all this stuff and how nobody buys records anymore. And I just hold steadfast to the idea that I think it's honestly better than it's ever been for us, for me. I can tell you firsthand. You know, the people that are complaining are complaining about not nobody buys CDs anymore, but they probably didn't really sell CDs in the first place. <laughs> And, you know, it's a definitely a different model these days, but, you know, the reach, the opportunity, the, the feedback, the immediacy of everything, the connection you can have with people, and the, the amount of how easy it is to actually get to fans is, is unbelievable to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you come from a bit more of a business side, from the business side of things, but, uh, you know, what do you think? How do you think it's going? Yeah, I mean, coming to the music business from outside from a different, completely different world and coming into it from a completely different perspective, uh, to me, it seems like it's one of the best times, actually, to be in this business. Uh, it's been massively disrupted and is still being disrupted uh, today. And usually when there's a lot of chaos, it's often the best time to get involved, you know? All the gatekeepers or most of the gatekeepers and a lot of the challenges that were uh, there in the past for new musicians or even established musicians to uh, develop themselves, get their music out of, these things have disappeared. It's e easier, relatively easier than ever to to, to become an artist and, and get some success assuming your material is, you know, quote unquote good enough. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think... That's one of the reasons why I'm I, I'm in the music business now is because, well, firstly, it's it's my biggest passion is music, um, but secondly, now, like I said, there's 
there's so many opportunities that I see now, which maybe other people don't, but to me it's like it's now is the best time ever to get in on the ground floor and build something from from nothing effectively. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you from literally from personal experience when I first started, you know, we had to buy expensive studio time. You know, first of all, you had to get good enough to to backtrack a second. First of all, I think we need to make it clear that it is not easy to be in the music business. It's just easier than it used to be. It's never been an easy game to be a part of. And I think the people just think they see they see a I don't know, just a random example, a Katy Perry. And they think, oh my God, it must be so glamorous to be a star. I would contest can you even possibly imagine how many hours Katy Perry puts in to an audition to a rehearsal and how big her team is and you know how many people for every one Katy Perry there's probably 300 people working on that Katy Perry thing so first of all it's not easy to be in the music business i think any job that people do for a hobby is relatively hard to be in because there's a lot of competition now <clears throat> that being said the way it used to be there used to literally be a handful of gatekeepers i would say a a generous estimate of how many gatekeepers there used to be even 25 years ago it was maybe 200 people, you know? And without going through one of these 200 people in the world, you almost had no shot of ever even, you know, making a living. And I think these days with the commoditization of everything, how easy it is to record, how cheap it is to record, the high level of quality you can get most importantly by recording in your bedroom or in a small studio or you know, with some friends, or even do some live stuff. It's amazing. You can literally record something today, get it out in a couple of hours, and hundreds to thousands to potentially millions of people can hear it or see it or whatever. Now, that's not to say that, you, that it's easy, because now what we have to contend with is everybody's doing that. You know, Everybody's putting songs out every day, and... Of the millions of things that come out, I would say probably 999,998 of them are, are terrible. But that's one thing you have to get through. You used to have to pass through all these hoops, recording in a, in a place, getting through a gatekeeper, getting somebody to put your song in the radio, getting somebody to put your to film a video, pay for all this stuff, put it on MTV or wherever. Now, the only thing you have to do is cut through a bunch of static. And there is a lot of noise out there, and there's a lot of people making a lot of stuff, and a lot of it's even good. So the only job now is to try to break through that noise and get and get to your fans and find an audience. Yeah, yeah. I've for me, it's quite an interesting perspective that you, uh, coming from this from outside. I can see things in black and white that maybe people that have been in the business a long time. Uh, also see, but people that are new to the business maybe takes time to figure out. But it's to me, it's it's so clear that I look at people that are uh, well, let's call them successful. But you know, what is success in, in this business? It can be can mean different things. But let's say popular success, which means they have a significant following of people, of fans. That people like their music. They go to see them in concert. They download their tracks. They stream them. Whatever. Compared to people that don't have a big following. Um, and it comes down to me to to a couple of simple things, and the first one is, um, it really is 
uh, part music and part business. If you want to be a, a commercially viable, let's say, artist or a singer, a songwriter or musician, um, to make a living out of it, you have to, I would say, accept that there is some aspects of it that are you know, not attractive as an artist, you know, as an artist, mm. I want to write songs, I want to produce yeah. songs, I want to be in the studio, I want to work with my friends in, in uh, writing new material, playing new material. I don't want to have to worry about updating social media, I don't want to have to worry about talking to lawyers, accountants, and coming out with a plan to promote my music, you know, that, I'm not interested. And I totally understand that. But the people I see that are successful focus on that as much as they do on the music, or they have people which focus on that stuff on their behalf <clears throat> and really it's <clears throat> really it's as, as much effort involved in that part of an artist's success whether that be fans material wealth uh fame whatever you want to call it yeah a big part of that comes from the behind the scenes work that the, either the artist is doing themselves or people around them are doing the promotion uh the advertising the touring there's a lot of hard work that goes on and it's not not just the music, that's my point. I mean, Ian, I'm sure you'll agree with this. You know, talent is is not necessarily a predictor of, of success, especially in music. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've told, I was telling my friend today, I mean, I think talent is probably somewhere around 10th or 11th on the list of important factors to be successful in the music business. And successful can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but I think most people agree to be I, would, I, I would say talent as well can be subjective, but very, very, and I mean, you know, and and it's different things. And I, I uh, also believe there's a big audience. It's a big world, and there's an audience for almost anything. Finding that audience is 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 the challenge. Yeah, yeah. So to con continue my point is, uh, uh, I don't want to go too far into some kind of you know trying to define what is talent and what it's not, but. As Ian said, it's to me. It's I see it as a as a small part of of what uh, a successful artist needs to have. You know, um, whether they be gifted in writing or playing an instrument or whatever it is, they need to have at least something there, um, and it needs to be backed up with a lot of work by by other people around them. You know, and and I see artists that um, maybe are aware of that. And they realize they need to go through this kind of process. They need to accept that they need to, quote unquote, sell out and promote themselves. And it's a real, real and maybe emotional challenge for them to accept that, uh, you know, to sell out as an artist is quite, you know, something that's very powerful for them. And um, I think if you can't get over that hurdle, then you'll never get to the kind of level where you can have a comfortable living and, and be, you know, in some way successful to go out and reach your fans. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, as we know, we like a little bit of background as I work as a music producer. I've also been a, you know, a working musician since I was a kid. Since I was about 15, I started playing gigs. Always had, even if I've had some odd jobs over the years when I was starting out, I've always been very focused on the idea that I'm going to do music, you know. And I think that what this revolution has caused is the rise of what I call kind of like the middle class musician, you know, people that aren't famous that, you know, have a thousand or a couple thousand fans that can make a living, you know, they're not rich, you know, they're not driving, you know, Mercedes. And if they are, it's an old one. And, uh, you know, but you know, you can live, you can have a decent life. You can even support your family and you can, you can be a normal person and you can spend your time doing what you love to do. And I think the point, the, 
the something that a lot of people miss that are waiting that are talking about the old style is you know nobody's going to show up and give you 10 million bucks put you in a limousine and now you're a rock star and that's all you got to do is hang out and be a rock star anymore i don't think that happens now but to be honest i don't think that ever happened i think that was just the illusion that was sold to people to 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 create the mystique of of the rock star and i just think that these days with social media and everybody's life is online 24/7 i think mystique is just not something that's part of today's fabric you know i think people don't like it i think if you're not on social media people think you're weird you know it's like well what did you do all day uh, i was at home well, it's like well, i don't i didn't see any pictures why didn't you check in you know whatever and especially with you know celebrities or or you know people I think these days people are interested in a person or in a in a band or in a thing and it's like the whole thing around it and the music is is kind of like the package that it's in or something like that you know I think but again I think it's been like that since probably the 70s and 80s you know when especially when MTV started it became about the, more about the image and you know you had to look good and and that became more important in ways you know than even sounding good and I mean obviously you know Millie Vanilli back in the day you know, was such a scandalous thing that they weren't singing. Nowadays, it's hard to find people in the pop music that actually do perform live. So it's just become a crazy, crazy different thing. And it's, and I think it's like everybody knows now that there's Photoshop and everybody knows now that there's auto-tune and everybody knows now that you can digitize things. So I think a lot of it, people want to see inside and see how it's made because they don't, it, people don't accept a perfect perfect package anymore so uh, yeah so do you think that uh with the you know the constantly improving technology that has pushed music to where it is today that the current uh, the current generation that listen to popular let's say pop just pop music they're so conditioned to hearing amazingly high quality recordings well yeah i mean but of course but you know First of all, I don't think it's just pop music. I think in all genres, I work in studios, so I know for a fact that in all genres, the same technology that's employed in pop music to to make it perfect is used in all genres to do the same thing. So it's not just pop music, first of all. And second of all, of course, people get used to a higher standard. You know, back in the day when, you know, people used to have rabbit ears on their TV, it was a blurry terrible picture people expect hd now just like you expect a high quality recording and so it has to be that but you can do that in a small studio mm-hmm. like this one or you can do that in your bedroom or you can do that on your ipad on a on the road or you know at a cafe you know so it's it's so easy to do that the the quality is is, is an expectation not mm-hmm. not not a you know, a bonus. Whereas, you know, back in the day, what I was talking about when you used to have to go and pay 50 bucks an hour to go to a studio and record on two inch tape and the tape itself was expensive. So if you had a high quality album sounding recording, that was something in itself. These days you have to have that. Mm. And there has to be video. People don't, people aren't one dimensional anymore. They want to see it, hear it. You know, how many, how many times have you heard people say, Hey, did you see that new song? You know, yeah. Did you see that new song? Yeah, yeah, people watch music today, right? Yeah. They don't listen to it. And I, I'm a firm believer in also that, you know, you can, you know, what's your goal? If your goal is to be a musician, who cares about the way people consume music? Just give it to them in that way. I care, for me, I care about putting my music out and, and doing stuff. I don't care if people want to see a video or not 
if they want to see a video with it, I'll make a video. You know, I like videos. I grew up with MTV. So I grew up back when MTV even played music. But I grew up with the video. So that's part of my thing. And I think everybody, and especially anybody under 30 for sure, you know, it's just the way it is. And, and videos are cheap now too. So, I mean, everybody expects it, you know. I mean, so you coming from the other angle, I came up through, through the music and playing clubs and doing all that, all that stuff. You come from the other side. You've always been a huge fan. You've always been passionate about music. Now you've decided that you're going to be involved in the business end of music. And now you're working, I know for a fact, you're working with some young artists that we're both working with in different capacities. So what's it like when you're trying to explain to these guys who are kind of young, but, but also kind of inexperienced, you know, you try to get the point across of like, you know, hey, this isn't just about you're a good guitar player. You got a great voice. This is a great song. You know, how do you explain to kids these days a good song isn't enough? A good song's like step one. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, for me, with the artists we're talking about, um, they, they, one of the first conversations I had with them was to try and, un, I mean, clearly, as we know, they they both have what we would call talent, great vocal ability, great songwriting. That's there, that's done. Um, but what for me was equally important is their uh, understanding of what is needed to get to the top or at least right. somewhere where they want to be you know their understanding of what real work ethic is you know do they yeah. have do they have what is needed to push themselves to this point you know because a team around them can only take them so far they have to really believe in this and want want it so much themselves otherwise they're not going to get there so i spent quite a bit of time talking them talking to them about you know, what what they really want out of this where they want to get to um and then showing them examples, you know, I went through a lot of different examples of, of people that have got to the top and showed them the paths they, that they've taken to get there. Um, and that includes a lot of the hard work around them, you know. So I tried to paint a picture of uh, you can't do it on your own. You need a team, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, you need some kind of talent. I mean, you can look in the top ten of the charts and you can criticise these pop stars for whatever lacking some some skills or some abilities but at the end of the day they have something some star quality in addition they probably are good singers they probably are uh, in one way or another deserving of where they've got to i would say that's my I opinion mean, I, i'm sure they worked very hard yeah whoever whoever it is and that's a pet peeve of mine when musician types criticize pop stars <clears> i mean <throat> come on man if you if any of these people put in half the work of a justin bieber or a beyonce yeah. you know yeah anyway that's a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a believer? Yeah, no, but you know, but I respect. I'm a, I'm a believer. Completely. I, I respect. I respect the work and I respect the product. And yeah, I, you know. Yes, and so the the act I was talking to, it was showing them um, what is needed to get where they want to get, and it goes back to your point that a great song and a great performance is, you know, is only half of the half of the journey. There's so much more work to be to be done, um, and so that was basically showing them by example from people they know that are famous recognized have got to where they want to be showing them how they got there yeah uh, that's the, for me that was the best way and, and they understand that and um, it's clear they want to get there and so yeah it's a case of basically constantly reminding them that you can't just record an album and then put it out and forget about it there's constant work you know they constantly need to be writing performing yeah. or, or whatever and also these days it's as we as I mentioned before it's like there's so much noise in the world that it's not that people are ignoring you. It's just that there's just so much stuff. 
that people might have heard your song and thought, wow, that was a great song. I love that. But, you know, within 20 seconds, they're on to 10 other things and they just forgot. So you kind of constantly have to be, you know, not not self-promoting because people see through that now, too. It's, you know, nobody likes to be advertised to. But, you know, telling the story and making people understand why it's important to you first, because if it's not important to you, it's not important to anybody. Mm -hmm. And then and then like with anything you do in life, it's just be good at it first. Work hard at perfecting it building on that raw talent and then relentless hard work on making it bigger, better, more, 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 and just constantly, constantly driving home the idea of like, this is who I am. This is what I do. You know, why should you, why should you like it? Why should anybody like it? Why, you know, why are you going to put this on your playlist? Why are you going to spend three minutes to listen to my song as opposed to the billions of other songs? I mean, I don't. I think there's been enough good music already. If nobody ever wrote another song, there's still more music than any of us could ever listen to, and a lot of it is good. Yeah. So it's kind of arrogant to even think that I'm going to write a new song and people are going to like it. It's like, why? Why don't I just go listen to all the great songs that have already been written? So people need a reason why to do anything, and especially with something like music, it's about connecting with somebody on that emotional level being part of a soundtrack of some time in their life. It could be a happy time. It could be at a party. It could be when you broke up with somebody, when your dog died. It could be a million reasons, but there needs to be a reason, and people need to connect with that. And the way to connect with that, with your audience as an artist, is obviously, you know, first of all, by being there, you know? I mean, we're all guilty. I'm super guilty of just these days, you know, we just got to put out, got to do more, got to do more, got to do more, and more often, and and just don't stop. Yeah. And... uh, also, I think, uh, yeah, the internet and the accessibility for everyone now, not just to create music, but to put music out, has, like you say, created this huge, huge like cacophony of, of basically competition. You know, everyone is putting their music out and it's difficult to be heard. Um, and that that's a reality, you know, you can't avoid it. And I think if you just continuously promote and promote and promote mindlessly, it's also not going to help you. Um, I mean, nobody wants to be advertised to in any case yeah right? no, whatever whatever the right, thing is right we all just i mean if a video pop-up ad comes on you specifically don't like that thing you know what i mean yeah so i mean that's just yeah so i i think it, it goes back to the this you know this famous pr- probably now maligned idea of a thousand true fans i'm not sure how accurate that really is now but the the point is that they make with that is is valid you know you have to play to your audience you can't please everyone it's just not possible you know yeah with your musical taste so you have to write your music i i would say promote it and find find work hard to find where your fans are what you know what demographic they are where they live what type of music they like and just laser in your focus on those people that like your music ignore everything else and and those fans will tell other fans and those fans will tell other fans you know it's yeah. it's a bit of a cliche but that, that really is true and it takes a lot of work but that's that's the only way to do it you know yeah and i mean i think you know back to kind of the original point is it's is is like you know whether it's better now or you know or or worse now or or you know what's changed it's like it's always been a lot of work. It's just now we see. <laughs> now we see it. You know, now everybody's life has been split wide open. Now we see behind the scenes. Now there's no Wizard of Oz hiding in there. You know, that's just that idea is gone, I think. But it's different. And I tried to tell these young guys as I was working with them in, in the studio. Cause I remember, 
you know, them talking about, oh, I don't want to wear this. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, take selfies. Should I take selfies? It's like, you know, I think just who cares? You know, if your audience wants to see a selfie and it's not compromising your music, if that's what, if your music's what's important to you and a selfie is going to help people understand your music, then just take the stupid selfie. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that kind of leads on to another interesting point about, you know, um, you know, we've been touching on stuff that's related to, you know, the, the top of the pile, you know, like pop music, you know, the very pinnacle of pop music, which mm-hmm. is inaccessible and will be unattained by 99.99% of people that we know and everyone out there knows. Um, you know, the, there's a whole machinery behind getting there, yeah. which we're not going to dive into now. Right. But uh, let's talk more about people that we operate with more often is the, you know, the indie artists on small labels or no labels. Yeah. Uh, and ha- what's your take on, you know, where we are today is to, I mean, you, you spoke about it briefly, but how the times have changed from even only 10 years ago to today. But let's focus on today. What What is it that uh, you think... Uh, indie artists should be doing um, to gain these 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 this point these fans that are actually going to you know maintain maintain a career for these these indie artists. Yeah, I mean, first of all, obviously, uh, there's you know as you mentioned, there's levels of success, and I think for a lot of people, being able to just do their music for a living is some you know relatively good level of success. I think that's what a lot of people aspire to at first. And I've seen people complain about things. And, I, and I, you know, all, first of all, let me use myself as an example. I'm a music producer. I learned, I never went to school for it. I just learned by, by doing it. And I can tell you for sure that I couldn't have learned by doing it back in the day when, you know, reels of tape were 100 bucks for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, studios were 50 bucks an hour. That was an art form in itself. And nobody's going to trust you to try because if you fuck it up, it's fucked up and it's gone and the tape breaks, you know, it gets destroyed. Unless the, you get a, unless you get a lucky break and you get an internship in a, in a big studio, right? Yeah, that was the way it was. Which, which again, it's like, you know, so many gatekeepers and that. Nowadays, you know, you, GarageBand comes on your iPad or whatever and that's basic, but it basically works the same way as Pro Tools or Ableton or any of the other big DAWs. You know, so I was able to just learn by playing around, playing around, playing around until, oh, yeah, now I know I need to turn this. I need to use this plugin. Or I need to do this or like, oh, this is where this EQ is honking. So I, I need to fix that. So first of all, just the accessibility of being able to learn stuff like that. The fact that we can put out a song now, put it, make a video on our phones. We can record the song on our phone, but make a video on our phone, put it on YouTube and, you know. Something could happen. Probably not anything's going to happen. Probably nothing's going to happen. But something could happen. You know, that possibility is infinitely better than the zero possibility that there used to be when that wasn't possible. You know, so I think just that in itself, the accessibility and also the distribution. You know, we were talking right before we started doing this. We're talking about you read an article about somebody complaining that they only got five thousand dollars for a million streams of their song. You know, right? You know, that's a another story. But you know, first of all, over over a six month period, I think five or six. First of all, a million people listen to your song. Second of all, you actually got paid for it. Third of all, people seem to try to equate a stream to a sale, Mm -hmm. and 
just doing the logic. If somebody bought your CD and played it a million times, you're still getting the same 10 bucks. Okay. Now. One time. One time, ever. You're not getting, you know, five bucks every time somebody plays your CD. Five cents. Whatever. Point zero five cents. Yeah. Yeah. The point point is valid, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you should be happy about that. And I mean, you know, people are saying the streaming services are killing music. It's like, you know, in my opinion, big record labels are stealing the money from the artists, just like they always have done since the 50s or 40s or whenever the business started. Now, like, we know people that complain about these things that, first of all, wouldn't sell any records. And second of all, now actually have the opportunity that they can put their music out on a Spotify or on YouTube or on Pandora or I or Apple Music or wherever. And people actually do listen to it and actually can hear it. And people think, oh, it's taking away from my album sales. I concur that I believe people are hearing your music that just wouldn't have heard it before. You know, I don't believe these types of artists on this level would have thousands of people that heard their music at all because they wouldn't have sold a million CDs. They wouldn't have been played even on the radio. And, and if you compare it to the radio, if one radio station plays your song 10 times and they have 100,000 listeners, you know, so therefore theoretically a million people you know, heard your song. I've seen my own royalty statements. I didn't get 5,000 bucks for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I don't, I, don't, I don't get people's math. You know, like, what, what do you think? I mean, you think, okay, somebody played my song once, so now I'm going to be rich, you know? Yeah. I think you're lucky that we have, we are lucky, I am lucky, that we have this kind of reach, you know, these so days. The, so the first point is, uh, like you say, the distribution is much easier. Or oh, sorry, the first point is, you know, accessibility. First of all, making the, the thing is easy. The technology access yeah. is I mean, there. we could all do it cheaply, yeah. very cheaply, free. The, then as the distribution is easier. Yeah. And... Uh, Promotion is easy. Promotion is number three, right? Yeah, promotion is easy. You know, you make a bunch of fans, friends on Facebook, you send it out, you know, five, like I just released a song. You know? And that's my point is <laughs> that's not enough. You know, the exactly. promotion is not uh, make a video, put it on YouTube and upload your, your, your music to whatever streaming services. That's, that's just the very, very beginning of what you should be doing, I would say, yeah. to get any kind of regular success and and i must add that it also is not a substitute for playing gigs and it's not a substitute for going and meeting people and it's not a substitute for actually being good you know and i mean i know there's people that have made careers on youtube and stuff like that but but they're effervescent they last and 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 they they were short span and they're gone well and i'm saying the youtube thing was an introduction you know it's like I think maybe somebody's going to see your video and then they'll come to a show, but it's like, you know, there's like the buzzword of monetizing, monetizing. How am I going to monetize all these fans? It's like you monetize them by making them actual fans, not just somebody that happened to hear your song on YouTube, you know? And you need you need some kind of catalog to back that initial yeah. fame up, right? Otherwise you burn out. Yeah, you know? sure. Or I mean, there's lots of ways to do it. And I mean, it's like, you know, you just, just doing gigs, you have to add value somewhere. Somewhere, somehow, somebody has to make money on something if they're right. going to pay you to do it. Yeah. And I mean, how many of these guys, we know it's like, oh, I'm not getting paid enough for that. I'm not getting paid enough for that. And it's like, okay, but you're not getting paid enough, but how much are, are you actually delivering to, to be able to say, why aren't you getting, why aren't you paying me? It's like, well, what are you, what value are you adding? You know, it's like, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a great juggler. Why isn't anybody paying me to juggle? It's like, well, you know, because juggling is boring. Sorry. Yeah. Nobody wants to pay to see it. 
Well, actually, one interesting observation for me coming into music was, um, you know, in, in outside of music in, let's say, regular businesses, it's relatively kind of clear if you want to get to to this point, you can find a path, a well-trodden path that someone else has taken to get there. Um, you do at step A, then step B, then step C. You work this skill or you do this thing and that thing and eventually you'll get to where you want right. to get to. There's almost always some kind of guidebook or instruction manual how to get to some quite serious success. Yeah. Um, but what I saw when I came into music is it's uh, it's like a minefield, first of all. <laughs> uh, I think it's deliberately hidden paths. But I think it's the nature of the beast because it's based in art, you know. It's, yeah. it's not commerce. In commerce, you can't afford to have... Or it's let's say it's not beneficial to have ambiguity. Whereas in the world of arts, there's ambiguity everywhere. It's the nature of the beast. And if you try and let's say commercialize art like we do, it's our job in music. Yeah. Um, you have to clear away that ambiguity, and there is no guidebook for that. There is no instruction book. You can look at other people that have done it and learn things from them. But it really struck me that um, you have to figure it out yourself mostly, and it takes a lot of work. And the ones that as you said before, the people that have made it to the, to the top have worked so hard to get where they are with a yeah. team of people. And uh, it's it's a case of trial and error. You just have to c- keep putting stuff out, keep promoting, keep keep working. And it uh, goes back to your point also about accessibility or, let's say, distribution. Now there's many, many different ways of earning income, not just playing gigs, yeah, not sure. just putting out songs on streaming. This is, you know, a, a new point we can talk about now is, you know, the opportunities out there now are much wider for for even unsigned, relatively unknown acts to get your music or your art form out there published and gaining income from it, right? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, there's the obvious thing of, you know, licensing your music. I mean, and I mean, people say, People say, oh, that's, you know, also hard. Of course it's hard. Everything's hard, you know. But the hardest part is actually just doing the work to do it. And, I mean, the other thing is with all this is, like, it's not just music. There's a billion times more of everything. So there's also a billion other places where music is necessary yeah. and used, you know. Yeah, so you go, a- to, go to Audio Jungle, right? And then you switch to or Envato, this this for market marketplace for creators. You look at the Audio Jungle side, which is for you know for uh, music libraries. Then you flip to the uh, the video side, and there's millions and millions of video makers, and they desperately need music for their video. So as an artist, you can write music for people's videos. And of course, yeah. I understand some artists will not be happy with, you know, it's not their thing. They don't want to write music for videos. Okay, fair enough. But well, my, my point is that if you want to make a, a decent income, you need to diversify your income streams. And one of the ways is to, you know, or one of the best ways is to license your music. You know, mm-hmm. you, I mean, I think that's, you know, I think with the licensing thing, I think, there is definitely a way to do that where you just offer your music uncompromised and then people can use it or not. Then there's the other side where people specifically write for th- this thing, which is almost more like scoring or whatever, or are specifically trying to write commercial music. I think I don't consider it personally, and of course my opinion, but I, I think if you write a song and somebody wants to use it to connect to their thing, and if you don't have some kind of fundamental problem with their thing that they're trying to do, and they use it, I don't see that as much of a compromise, you know? Yeah. It's somebody just interpreting your your emotion, and I think that's cool. You know, and I mean, I also have been doing music long enough 
to never ever hate the player, <laughs> you know. And I mean, I if you're lucky enough and hardworking enough to manage to make money and make a living off of your music, good for you, you know. And I I I don't judge, you know. And I I think it's an individual choice how you feel where you feel, where the line is for you on compromise, you know. But you know, I think the day you decide to go pro. And if that's what your goal is, if you want to be a professional in the sense of making money, then there always are some so- sorts of compromises, no matter what level you're on, no matter where, you're, where you are, no matter what you do in life, just generally speaking. So I think, you know, everybody has their own personal limits and lines of what, what is compromise to me, where is compromise happening, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's an individual choice. But, you know. Right. You can make money lots of ways in music, you know, and I recommend making money in lots of different ways. I mean, that's the safest way to do it, do it, diversify. Yeah. And, and at the point, I think at the point where you accept that you want to be a professional, it becomes a job, of course. I mean, the creative part is the nice part, the fun part, while well, we all do it, but you have to accept that it's a job as well at some point, which means <laughs> there's parts you don't like to do, you don't want to do. Yeah. You have to grind it out. I, I, I just read a, an interesting blog entry um about a guy who worked with Hans Zimmer in his studios is one of his arrangers, I think. And he said, you know, Hans Zimmer um, is often criticised for being this guy who just writes, you know, top-line motifs or even less, you know, very few simple ideas. And he farms it out to his army of uh, minions who fill out the gaps and basically do most of the heavy lifting. And this guy said, well, that's not the case. The guy's one of the most hardest working people you can ever meet. Yeah. Clearly, he's got some amazing vision and creative ability, but behind that, his work ethic is sickening. It's insane. Like he said, in the four or five months leading up to the film, uh, he'll be doing 14, 15, 16-hour days, seven days a week. And then as you get closer to the the final part of his work, he said everything in life just slips away and he's in the studio almost 24 hours a day, non-stop, working on this stuff, you know. And, of course, he doesn't enjoy that. His art form or what he wants to be doing is is somewhere else, but he understands that that's what he needs to do to to maintain his position at the very top of where he is, you know. It's just just one example that you have to grind it out, you have to do this stuff. Yeah, I I mean, I think this is the prime example of if your goal... If you want to be a professional in the music business, if you don't absolutely love it with all of your heart and passion, just don't waste your time because there's way easier ways to make money. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. if you do, it, it's worth it and it could be very rewarding. Yeah. So anyway, I think we should probably wrap things up at this point. And I well, think I'd, I wanted to I wanted to just talk about one one last thing, which was about. Um, for independent artists about this point of of labels just one last labels. topic about oh. you know the, the validity of labels today do we need them yes or no I guess it depends on where you are yeah. and where you're shooting for but what's your take on, on labels today what's my take on labels I think you know if you're starting and you're trying to get a label that's just a huge mistake labels I mean these days you definitely don't need a label that's that's just fact you don't need one. There's countless examples of people that didn't have one. And I think the time to get a label is when you have all the labels coming to you, begging to work with you, because then you actually have some sort of leverage. 
I mean, in the beginning, labels used to be the people that gave you the money to go into those expensive studios and to make those expensive videos. And they had the big company leverage to get you on the radio, which also cost a lot of money. And to put magazine ads and posters out, because most of us don't start out with millions of dollars to be able to do all that. As we just said, all the things that labels used to do for you, you can do by yourself for free on an iPad. So you invest, you know, a thousand bucks in a decent iPad. You can do all that stuff by yourself. Now, of course, you need to be creative, and of course, you need to do a good job. But if you're not doing all that stuff by yourself anyway, a label's not going to mess with you. Yeah. So I just think that the label idea, in my opinion, is dead. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just blacklisted myself in the music <laughs> business. I don't know. They definitely still have some power. And I, of course, if you want to be Rihanna, and if you want to be, you know, Sia, and on this level of <clears throat> Of, of artist, it takes a lot to get to that point without some serious, serious weight yeah. and, and, and financial and reputational weight, yeah. of course. But if you want to make a living and get started and be a professional, it's not necessary. And I also would say that even if you do want to be Beyonce or you want to be Rihanna, you're not going to start with the label. The label's going to come to you when you're ready. Right. Yeah. yeah and, they, and they know. They have Facebook too. <laughs> yeah, you know. My my take on what I've seen so far is that, um, yeah, you, you don't need a label when you're starting out. As you say, you need to have labels will not be interested in you, or A and R guys will not be interested in you until there's at least a buzz around you. You know, they won't do the heavy lifting of developing you, your music, and your career anymore. That horse is bolted. You have to do it yourself. You have to create your own buzz, build build your own fan base, um, and then labels will maybe start to take an interest in you. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, you need to do it, do it all yourself. It's that's the way it is today. If it also depends on the genre of the music, I think as well. You know, if you're aiming to be in the Spotify top fifty or a Billboard chart, then of course you can't get there without a major label. You know, the or, or major help. You know, it doesn't necessarily well, yeah, have to I be mean, a label. To get to that level, the budget involved is exactly. is massive, and you it's can't about the do money. that on your own. Yeah, but yeah. The, I mean, you know, the dream is the way I see it is you start off as an independent artist. You get a team around you, you build some kind of buzz around you, and the ultimate goal is to get to the point where you're so good, your music and everything about you is so good that people can't ignore you. At sure. that point, then labels will come to you, and yeah. this is the beginning of the career, you know. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, long story short, I think, you know, first of all, you don't, you absolutely do not need a label, but even if you yeah. want a label, there's no point in looking for one because they're going to find you when it's when. It, when, it, when and if, if being the big word there, if the time is right. But the good news is you don't need it, you know? Yeah. You absolutely don't need it. So Anything else? We covered a lot today, I think, already. We did quite a lot. For, that was first, what, for first minutes, day. maybe? Yeah, 45. 45. That was a, I think it was a good first episode. I think uh, there'll be a lot of stuff to talk about more. Please leave some comments. Yeah, we we uh, part of the idea of us doing this is because we want some kind of interaction. You know, we yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> we're both notorious for kind of hiding in hiding in the cellar and getting on with our work rather than rather than uh, getting out and talking to people. So yeah, um, so please please hit us up in the comments if you think something you agreed with, something you didn't agree with. I imagine people probably disagree with a lot of this. If you think we're totally wrong, or if you think it's totally right, whatever, just leave a comment. We'll be happy to uh, you know start a conversation with some of you guys and. Yeah, take it from there. And I think we'll see you next week. Yeah.
Yeah.